Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star for week three of our Chase series. How many of y'all are feeling really good about after the uh, little extra sleep last night? Did y'all enjoy that? You think we ought to just throw it back an hour every Sunday? Wouldn't that be great? Just get a little extra? I knew 930 would be more crowded. Y'all are so predictable. So predictable. How many of y'all normally are at 11, but you felt really good and decided to come earlier today? Raise your hand. Be honest. Oh, nobody's honest. Unbelievable. That's even worse. I want you to do me a favor. Take your Bibles. Turn to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 6 is where we're going to be today. We're going to start reading down here. Uh, make sure down in verse number 19 here in just a second. We've been in this series. Jordan did a great job in the setup of where we've been over these past few weeks. We all chase something. In this life, in this world, it doesn't matter if you're 15 45, 55, 75, or 25, you all are chasing, I am chasing something, and we're chasing after, this is what we said over the last two weeks, we are chasing after whatever we think will eventually satisfy us. That's what the chase is all about. And it's an allurement, it's something that we think if we can get to it, if we can finally arrive at it, we will finally be satisfied. So all of you on the way in today got a little um, worship guide. There's a little notes area there. Also, if you've got the North Star Church app, you've downloaded the app, you can go to the notes section on the messages there. I want you to write at the top, we chase whatever we think will satisfy us. It is a fact. It doesn't matter how spiritual we are. It doesn't matter how unspiritual we are. We're all in a chase in this world. We come out of the womb chasing something. That's why when we're little, it's Christmas, it's toys, and we think if I ever get this, that will do it. If I ever attain that, it will get me there. That's why parents will be lined up on Thanksgiving night at stores to go in and get deals for their kids because they want their kids to get the greatest and the best and the nicest things that they can absolutely get because we want to satisfy them. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Absolutely how we act in those lines, there's things wrong with but But there's nothing wrong with that chase as long as we know that the end isn't going to be what we thought it was. Matthew chapter 6, let's pick up reading down in verse number 19. And remember, all right, if you're new to all this, Jesus' very first sermon, he spent 30 years on earth, he spent eternity in heaven. There was no beginning. There was an earthly beginning in Bethlehem, but there was no beginning of Jesus. Jesus has been with the Father. John tells us that. He's always been. He's just put skin on. Now he's come to earth, and now he's teaching his very first sermon, and he's laying out the things that are most important. Matthew 6, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. The Jews back during this time, they like to acquire expensive fabrics. They love to get expensive things. Jesus was warning them and said, listen, don't think if you acquire those things, they're ever going to satisfy you because moth and rust will eventually get them, just like the junkyard that Jordan was in. 
Or thieves can break in and take the things that are most valuable to us. On your outline, I want you to write the word here, right out beside it, here. We're going to talk a lot about here. And every time I talk about here, I'm going to come over to this side of the stage because I want you to remember this as we leave this week, here. We are all trained in this world to acquire, to do, to complete here. We want things that satisfy us here, right? I mean, that's just how we are. That's how I am. So I'm not saying you and me, we're different. We're very much alike. We all want things here. If I get the right thing, if I marry the right person, if I go to the right place, if I get the right job, if I buy the right stuff, here we'll be satisfied. We're all in a chase for here. Here's why we like here, right? Here's why. There's a lot of here's there, right? Here's why we like here, because we can put our hands on it. We touch it, we can feel it, we can sense it, we can acquire it, we can do it, we can enjoy it here, right here. We love here. I like here. It's what I know. I know here. And it can be relationships, right? The famous line from the movie Jerry Maguire, you complete me, right? Y'all know that's not true. But anyways, it's so it sounded good in the movie, right? You completely, you're all I need. You, you are all I need in this moment. Now, if you stick around with him for a little while, you'll find out things didn't turn out so well. But anyways, you complete me. We think that. We think here will be what we need. Jesus says, and it's really interesting how he says it, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth but look at what he says next but but verse 20 lay up for yourselves treasures in where here there now this is the harder one this one's harder because we can't touch it we can't feel it we can't see it we can't get our hands on it it sounds good, but it also sounds impossible. It sounds like the right thing. We know that. Don't lay up for yourselves treasures here. Listen, we've all learned how quickly things can vanish. But laying up for yourselves, I'm getting my steps in today. All right, but laying up for yourselves treasures in heaven, it's like, okay, that sounds good. But I don't really know how to do it, which is good because that's what we're going to talk about today. Here, there. And there's a reason he says this. Keep, keep reading with me. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves can't break in and steal. If you put your stuff here, which is there, right? If you put your stuff in heaven, get, get confused, all right? If you put your stuff in this spot, in heaven, lasts forever. Now, here's why it's such a big deal. This is, this is sort of the catalyst for the morning. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your, what's that word? Will be also. Jesus says, here's the danger. The danger of the moment is if you put your stuff here, that's where your heart's going to be. And let me tell you the danger of this. Your heart will never be satisfied. 
It'll never be content. It will always want a little bit more. You know that if you studied the average American and you were to ask them, how much more would you need to make to be happy? They would say 10,000 more than whatever they make would, would be good until they make that. And guess what it will be? 10,000 more. And that's just the way, that, that's just this life that we all live. Jesus said, I'm trying to help you out here. I'm trying to protect you because where your treasure is, if your treasure's all here and your life's all here, man, your heart's gonna be here. And everybody look at me. And your heart's gonna get wounded and your heart's gonna get battered and your heart's gonna get, here's the big one, disappointed. How many of y'all in this chase in life finally got something you want and it really could be anything in the world I mean, it could be people it could be things I mean, we we all agree it could be lots of things how many of y'all have ever gotten that and you got it and it disappointed you raise your hand yeah listen i do weddings a lot of saturdays and i stand at some beautiful place with a couple and i do their wedding and at that point in their lives, this person's all they need. That's it. I mean, that's all they need. And then they live with each other long enough, and they, the word disappointed fits in, all right? And so they get there and go, really? Really? And the guy goes, well, you don't, I mean, she don't look like she used to. Now, he ain't looked in the mirror lately, all right? And so, it, but it, we get disappointed. And Jesus is like, I'm trying to protect you from being disappointed in people, things, stuff. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. What if, what if, in spite of this nutty world that we live in, we could figure out a way to put our treasure and protect our heart? You ever thought about it that way? What if we could figure out a way to place our treasure in a place that eventually protects our heart? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Look at what he says in verse 22. We'll explain this a little bit more later. But the eye is the lamp of the body. If your, if your eyes go bad, right, and you can't see, this is physical eyes, that's not what he's talking about, but if our physical eyes go bad and we can't see, the eye really is the lamp of the body. One of our optometrists, Dr. Hester, is here this morning in this service, and he goes with us to Haiti, and I get to watch those folks walk out that have, haven't seen in years. Haven't seen in years. And they peel back the scales from their eyes, and they can finally see, well, the eyes, the lamp of the body. I remember it was a couple years ago. I've told the story here before. We, I walked an older lady, I don't know, probably 60s, 70s in, but she was very weathered from time, and she could not see and I walked her, she was on my arm, she had a little black and white dress on, and I walked her to see the doctors, then I walked her over to the optometrist, and when she walked out of the optometrist, she had glasses on, and years of damage to the eyes, and they were able to peel that back and put glasses on her, and she saw for the very first time, and one of the first things she saw was me. That's a disappointment, all right? That, that falls in the disappointment category. God, his voice sounded better than he looks, right? And so, but that's the first thing she saw. But I remember she kissed me on the cheek because she could finally see again. The eye is the lamp of the body, right? So both my mom and dad 
my mom had macular degeneration a lot of people struggle with macular degeneration and she pretty much had gotten to the point she couldn't she couldn't see and she couldn't read she loved to read she couldn't read my dad had a stroke in one of his eyes and could only see out of another eye and they he'd gotten a cataract on the good eye so i remember one morning i had taken them to the hospital and was driving them back my mom she i mean she everything was blurry she knew where things were but she really couldn't see my dad had just had a cataract taken off and had a stroke so this eye his left eye wasn't working and we're driving back from the hospital and they're telling me how to drive and where to turn i'm like they're in a good eye in the car i mean how are you telling me all this stuff what's going on here i've got the only two good eyes in the car but the eyes it was so funny the eyes the lamp of the body right look look at what jesus goes on to say so if your eye is healthy your whole body's full of light but if your eye is bad your whole body's full of what darkness now he's not talking about just earthly eyes i want you to write out beside it he's talking about the eyes of our heart that's what he's talking about he's talking about the eye that's down in here if then the light in you is darkness how great is the darkness no one can serve two masters for either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve. It's really interesting where Jesus takes this. You cannot serve both God and money. And I want you to write a little thought down, and we're going to dive into the outline. Ready? And here's the thought. You can't have a divided heart. You can't have a heart with double vision. Because when our eye does not, when there's not a singular focus, we have double vision. If you've ever struggled with double vision before, you don't really know what is true, Right? You don't know what to trust. Do I trust what I think I see or do I trust this? I, I don't really know. And that's the picture he's painting of our heart. And he said it's like serving both God and money. You can't serve both. If over here we think money, just take money. If we think money will make us happy, I can't serve both God and money. I can't do that. I can't have treasure I'm putting up there while I'm focused here. I'm telling you, if there was ever a Sunday for where you and I live, today is the day. You remember we said this the very first week of the series, and I want to say this again. This isn't a giving series. This is a handling series. God has given to us. He, is, he has allowed us to be stewards of whatever it is, a little or a lot, what, whatever it is. How we handle it is what today's about, and that's what we're going to talk about. Would you pray with me? Would you ask God to speak to your heart today, would you? Would you tell him, I, I don't want my eyes to be dim from the things that really matter. Father, you know how much I love these people. Both those that are sitting in these crowds this morning, True North and Compass, and out on the patio, but those that are even watching online that we've corresponded with each other have never met face to face. But God, you sent them here for a reason bigger than me and really a reason bigger than them. Father, my passion for them is that they find your best. Father, my passion for them 
is that they live according to the way that you laid out for us so clearly. And they don't look back years from now with regret. So God, speak to us now. Use your word, teach us, show us. And God, when you teach us and you show us, would we be obedient to hear from you? And Father, that is my prayer, and I pray it now. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's, let's begin this way. Yes or no? Yes or no question? Easy one. Do you believe that there's a God who has a best for your life? Yes or no? Yes, okay. And you may be going, I think, I'm not sure, but I'm checking it out. Good for you. Good journey to be on. As long as you keep journeying, don't stop there. Keep journeying. Do you also believe that there's an enemy out there that doesn't have your best interest in mind? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Scripture's pretty clear about it. If you go all the way through Scripture, even beginning in the garden, God had a best for Adam and Eve. That best was interrupted, right? It was interrupted with, with a plan that really got them off course, which has caused us to get off course. God has a best. The enemy has a best for you too. And here's his best. And I don't want you to miss this. To thwart God's best. That's his, that's his only goal for you. He wants to thwart what God wants to do. So for everything that God lays out as truth, the enemy has something that he goes, yeah, but, and makes you question. So today in this process of, of here, there are some lies that you and I, we all believe. All right, I believe them just like you. So at the end of the day, when I walk off this stage, I'm, we're, we're all alike. We all have different professions. This is my profession, this is what I do, but we are all alike. We're all human, right? We're all human. So there are three lies that capture us. Lie number one. Let's dive in our outline. Ready? Lie number one. I need it all. First lie. I need it all. To be happy and to be complete, I need it all. I want you to write this little phrase under it. Ready? More will do it. More will do it. I need it all. More will do it. A little bit more will do it. If I get a little bit more, it'll do it. If I attain a little bit more, it'll do it. If I can move up the ladder one more notch, it will do it. If I can add this to my stuff, it will do it. Let me time out. Make sure we say this because we, we can't put all our weeks together, so I want to make sure you hear everything. God isn't against stuff not against stuff he's against stuff having us see here's the danger of the more syndrome that we get into i can have it all is we'll really never have it all can we agree on that i mean you, even if you made all the money in the world you're not going to have it all there's always going to be somebody a little further out than you right there's always somebody that makes a little more than you or there's always a house a little bigger than yours and we've said this here through the years right we're all trying to keep up with the Joneses, right? And we find our neighbor's Julio, all right? And so we do, we're always trying to keep up with the Joneses, but we, we just can't, we can't do that. We can't, it's just this, it's this ever-ending cycle. And it's a lie because you don't need it all. So I teach an executive's Bible study every other Tuesday, and this subject's come up many times in our group, and most of these guys either own businesses or lead in their businesses, and, and we, we have this conversation, when in life were you happiest? And you know what the ironic part of that is? 
And most of the guys are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. You know what most of the guys would tell you? Their happiest days were their days when they had the least. They look back on their life and it was their first apartment, it was their first car, their first job. They didn't make much, but they were as happy then as they are now because it's a lie. Stuff doesn't make you happy. People don't make you happy. They can add to it, but they don't make you happy. Jesus said it this way, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Why? Because they won't satisfy you. See, Jesus isn't giving this as a, just a do not, and if you do, it's not that. It's a guardrail, right? So why are guardrails up on roads? Guardrails are up on roads not to hurt us, but they're up to what? Protect us, right? Because there's something dangerous on the other side. And you may not appreciate guardrails until you have a teenage driver. And when you have a teenage driver that you're teaching how to drive, you appreciate guardrails more. You're like, thank you, Lord, for putting the guardrail there. I remember when Mary Michael, I took Mary Michael out to drive for the first time, and I said, turn left. And she, this is the honest, goodness, truth. She took her hands off the steering wheel and went like this. I went, oh, my Lord. All right. And so thank you, Jesus, for guardrails, because they keep us from what's on the other side of that. Jesus lays this out for guardrails in our lives. He's like, I'm trying to keep you from something that's not going to satisfy you. But here's his antidote. Ready? Another little blank there. To not buy into that, I must learn contentment. I must learn contentment. And I want you to write up under it. Ready? That what he has given me is what I need. That what he's given me is what I need. It's a hard one. Now, might does that mean we don't set goals? Nope. You just know that even if you achieve those, you'll be no, you'll be no more happier then than you are now. So Ann and I, we celebrated 26 years a few weeks ago, and we have had an amazing life together. And I remember when we bought our very first house, and I remember we were sitting down. We spent $88,120 on that beautiful, beautiful home that we bought in Woodstock, Georgia. And I remember sitting down and we were doing our finances and we couldn't, I, I didn't make enough. And, and I think you had just started working at that point and we didn't make enough to cover all our bills. And we're just going, God, could you stretch our money just a little bit to make sure we get everything covered? But you know, the, the irony was we were as happy then as we are now. We had a blast back then. We had a blast. Why? Because more doesn't equal happy. We have to learn contentment. Contentment says, God, you've given me what I need. Lie number two, I can keep it all. I can keep it all. If I acquire it here, it's always going to be mine. Is that true? No. Did you watch the fires in California? They burn up what's here. We watch every day on the news people that walk in your home that aren't invited who take what you bought for their own. They pillage, they take, and but because moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. That's, that's reality. 
I can keep it all. Let me go ahead and clear this up. We'll make this point very short. No, you can't, right? You can't. You can't keep it all. You can't. It's not meant for you to keep. It's meant for you to enjoy. It's not meant for you to keep. You can't keep it all. And if you get it, it's not gonna make you happy. And if you, if you have it, you can't keep it. I remember a few years ago when almost our whole home was owned by rooms to go. All our furniture. If rooms to go went out of business, you'd been sitting on the floor. All right. And so because we had we had bought everything at rooms to go, listen, it's we can't, we can't keep it all. It's not reality. Look at the way Jesus said it. I love what he said there. Don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moss and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where nothing can get to it. Antidote, I must invest in eternal treasures. I must invest in eternal treasures. How do we do that? How do we invest in eternal treasures? Two ways, ready? I want you to write these down. We give, we give, and we invest. And we're gonna talk about that. We give, we invest. When we give, giving is the antidote to greed in our lives. Every time I, every time I give, I'm reminded it's not mine, I'm just a steward. I'm just, it's just passing through. I'm being a good manager. It's just passing through. Every time I give, Every time I invest, I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about in mutual funds. I'm talking about investing in people that last forever. People last forever. You ask anybody in one of these rooms that's been on a mission trip and they've invested into a life that could give them nothing in return, they will tell you it was the happiest they've ever been. You ask people that serve kids that invest their lives into kids, it's a greater return than they could get doing anything else. Why? Because it lasts forever. When we give. See, God set up a great principle. Here was the principle. You give me the first tenth, you keep the rest. But do it as a reminder that it's mine. It's not yours. Don't let it hold you. Now, here's why that's a big deal. It's a big deal because we want to keep and we want to hold and we want to hold on to. I remember my parents didn't sit down and give lots of lessons. But here was, here was the one I remember. Here's what we're going to tell you. If you'll give 10, save 10, and live off 80, you'll build a great life. Best advice I ever got. Great advice. And we've learned to do that. We give 10, save 10, Live off 80. And here's what I'll tell you. I've wasted lots of money here. Have y'all wasted lots of money here? Oh, yeah. Put a 20 in my pocket. That's a lot. Of, that sucker will be gone by Monday, right? And so I've wasted lots here. Trust me, and I still do. I've never wasted what I put here. So God needs my money? Mm -mm. God doesn't need your money. He just wants you. Well, Mike, that's Old Testament. The Old Testament, they did that. But what about the New Testament? Well, in the New Testament, believers gave everything. And we're like, I like the Old Testament. All right, I mean, 10th is really, it's really a good deal. But remember, it's, a, it's handling, not giving. If we learn to handle, 
It doesn't handle us. So either we live like this. If I live here, I live like this. I'm holding on to it. But if I invest there, I live like this. I take my life and I invest it into people and I give as a reminder, it's not mine, it's his. God, thank you for blessing me with it. Forever how long I have it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it back. Because it's not mine. I'm not the owner. A few months ago, we did a whole series and we used this illustration. We're in life either a spoon or a ladle. Spoons serve who? Ourselves. Ladles serve who? Others. This is a ladle life. This is a spoon life. If we are here, it's all about taking care of me. If I'm a ladle, it's always about giving and putting into somebody that's not me because it's going to last forever. Point number three, line number three, Jesus doesn't want all of me. You know, Jesus starts talking about the eyes of our heart and the eyes of the lamp of the body. Jesus doesn't want all of me. Here's the thing to remember. He wants me to seek him first and to seek him fully. I want you to write under number three. He wants all of me. I look across this room today and I got lots of realtors in here that sell homes all the time. When they sell a home and you are giving at the at your you're at the closing table and you're signing those papers and the new family possibly sitting across from you and you take your keys and you send them across do you give them some of your keys or all of your keys which one all of them you don't go hey do you mind if i keep this you know i got the storage room it's got the christmas stuff in it i'll just come back a little after thanksgiving for the decorations man people are like i don't know i didn't buy some of the house i bought all the house Jesus doesn't want some of us. He doesn't want our leftovers. He wants all of us. If you go back to the Old Testament, they said, give your first fruits, your best. Do I want to live a ladle life? Or do I want a spoon life? But here's the ironic thing. Jesus says, when you live this way, I'll bless you. Test me. Test me and see. Mike, I can't. And here's, here's, here's the premise we operate from at North Star. I believe everybody wants to give. I just don't think we know how sometimes because life here has got us in debt up to our eyeballs. And we just can't, we can't manage what we have. I think everybody wants to give, which is why we do financial life coaching. That's why we do it. Because I think when you live this, you live a ladle life, you live a life that outlasts you. Remember, none of that stuff's gonna outlast you. But everything you do here, when you invest there, outlives you, and you live a life of absolutely no regrets. Would you pray with me?
Father, I know in crowds like these this morning, it's, it's, uh, man, it's easy to be on a defensive and go, yeah, but, Mike, you don't get it. I, I understand that. I, I really do. God, I, I just wish I could show them what the other side looks like. They could peak heaven for a second. Change everything. The thought that when I give that it isn't about me, it's about you and it's about how you use what I give to bless other people and I'm investing in heaven, not in me and when I invest into people they outlive me because they're going to be in eternity forever God, just remove the scales from our eyes today, let us see singularly you have for us and God I I've been doing this a long time the happiest people I know are ladle people they're just happier because they know it's yours not theirs it takes all the pressure off God I pray that that's me God I pray at the end of my days when I'm looking in the rearview mirror on this life. That will be said about me. Father, that is my prayer for our people. God, I pray this church will be a church that's ready, willing, and able to meet any need because we have people that are ready, willing, and able to meet any need because we give and we invest. And so, Father, it's all yours. God, may we be the best we can with it. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.